Welcome back, everybody, to the SideQuest Podcast. This is Eric. I am joined on this lovely day by Justin and Jeff, the two J's. How are we doing today, boys? One of us is feeling very J. The other is feeling very, wait a second. <gasps> Who's under that mask? Is that Jeff? How's Jeff doing tonight? Yeah, fine. I gotta get fitted for a suit all thanks to you yeah you only had a year and a half to do it nice nice timing well <laughs> a year and a half you yeah. texted me a week ago no i mean well we got uh the text went out november 2019 uh i got footage i got found footage uh, oh, no, no big deal proof um but yeah they, so we're all set you're all you're all uh, measured up i had to get refitted um so our listeners out there may or may not know i'm sure in previous episodes uh, I'm getting married in a little over a month, and um, yeah, I had to go get fitted. And for some reason, the only thing that changed in this past year when I got fitted last was they're like, "We need to change your pants. Your pants measurement changed." And I'm like, "How's right. that? How's that possible?" Like, I, I, it, I don't even know if it was the waist. They were very cryptic in what changed. So I feel like I have, I no have like a fat kneecap now or something, or like my left hip is just sticking out. Like there's a bone happening. I don't know. Good so, for you. So shout out to Men's Warehouse. Uh, they're sponsoring this episode. No, they they definitely aren't. But um, you know what? <laughs> so so what came out today? But this little treat of a trailer. Uh, I know we talked about it not long ago in a previous episode. But Venom, let there be carnage. First of all, terrible high school name of a movie. Uh, the trailer dropped, and I was just not excited and happy. I was actually having a good Monday until I watched it. Let's put it that way. So Jeff, let's start with you. Did you, did you watch it? Do you have any thoughts? Disappointment. <laughs> so I mean, with me. you're with me. Nice. I, I, and you know, on the last episode, I talked about how I like Venom's like one of my favorite, I guess, anti-villain or whatever he is. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, it feels like a movie that was made in like 2005. Yep. And is it me or did Venom sound like Arnold? Yep. Like some weird Arnold. Like I'm Venom. It's like what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and uh, of course, it's got that nice PG-13. So I'm sure Venom will. I mean, I'm sure Carnage will really, you know, rip people apart. Because I'm not sure, but from you know my Wikipedia research, this is more of a Justin uh, answer. But I believe that Carnage is pretty gruesome. Um, him and Venom are more kind of, uh, they like, you know, tearing people apart. So I'm sure we won't get any of that. Right. Uh, I'm with you. Justin, what did you think about it? I was super excited when I woke up and saw that it had dropped and then I watched it and my jaw dropped at just how stupid it was. (laughs) Damn, this is going to be a three for three. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, but I mean, and and you have to judge a trailer based on excitement that it builds for the movie, and then the narrative that it suggests for the story, and we got nothing. We just got jack shit. I have no idea what the hell's going on. Apparently, Carnage is maybe a threat. He's maybe not a threat. Tom Hardy's cooking eggs with venom like what the what, what the hell's going on here who who said who gave this the green light that what guy's is, fired what is the backstory on venom and carnage in the comics and how is that 
is there any similarities to this? Very, I mean, so the symbiote comes to Earth and it attaches itself to a worthy host, essentially, before it becomes omnipotent to its own degree where it is doesn't need a host for it to essentially slaughter whoever the hell it wants to slaughter. But they, I, I guess they did an okay job of framing Cletus Cassidy as being the psychotic serial killer that he is because, again, the symbiote amplifies your inner cravings if you will mm -hmm. so that's why when spider-man gets the symbiote he's kind of like the show off like they did in spider-man 3 where he's just like craving for attention and then eddie brock gets it and he's kind of like a little bit more vigilant about it and then when cletus gets it he's a fucked up serial killer and he's just like yeah i'm just gonna turn my hands into sword and just poke people in the heart <laughs> The, you know, the saddest part about all this is that, you know, the trailer looked like garbage. Yeah, he's just cooking breakfast and eggos and shit. And apparently Venom's like the the hand or the tentacles just like come out of his ass. Like they're just behind him the whole time. So that's nice. And his shirt's just fine. There's no holes anywhere. Um, but then the, the saddest part about all of it was that this is directed by Andy Serkis. And I just felt I just like almost burst into tears. I'm like, no. Andy Serkis, you have such a good track record of like being a great actor and motion capture pioneer. And I know he hasn't done a whole lot of directing in his lifetime, maybe some here and there. But I was just so sad to hear that he got stuck with this pile of shit or that he chose this pile of shit. And now he probably clearly thinks like this is a major epic masterpiece and... I uh, I'm very nervous to watch this. I'm definitely not catching it in theaters. And it when it said in theaters only, only only in theaters. Like no, yeah, nice try. We tried that with Tenant, like back in the heat of COVID hitting planet Earth. Chris Nolan was like, "No, fuck you guys. You're definitely going to theaters." And then they're like, "Yeah, no, theaters are still closed. Okay, it's at home." Like, but it it just looked. I yeah, I will watch it. I will watch it, but I just, it just looked like the first movie. Like it's Eddie Brock doing Eddie Brock things. He comes in contact with Venom. There's some kind of act two where there's a threat. And then in act three is like this uh, fight in the dark. Apparently they can only ever fight in the dark. And if it's raining, they can never do this at like noon near Starbucks. Um, so I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> Very, very sad. Okay. Very sad. Very, I, can I can tell your, your sadness so... is just... Everybody take a heartbeat check. Uh, what are we at? Like 80 beats per minute? Whew. 80 sadnesses <laughs> per second. 80 sadnesses. Yeah, so sad day for Venom fans out there. I, I did see online and people post on Reddit. They're like, I for the fact that who Carnage is and what he represents and how he, Jeff, like you mentioned, tears people apart all day every day like straight up murders for fun uh and it's pg-13 so all that's going to happen off screen it's just going to be like a news story or uh you know just where the uh you know you see his shadow on the wall of an alley just like ripping something in half so it's not like legit or it's so just and and in that regard i mean carnage is almost like a horror movie villain with how he just destroys he's pinhead he's freddy krueger he's all of the madness that the 80s conjured up for delicious death and we're going to get i in my opinion we're going to get nothing of that sort 
Well, quick side quest. This will be a PG thirteen version, so uh, <laughs> you know he'll uh, he'll have some mean things to say, and he might punch you. He might say Somewhere. the f word twice or once, and then a whole bunch of shits, and that's about some it. above the pants action going on. <laughs> so, a quick side quest for us: uh, Is Woody Harrelson going to hit the mark on being a good villain? I just I can't quite see it. I I don't know the whole back end story, of course. I don't know Carnage like through and through, but. I feel like he's just not a great villain choice, and also is he a little bit too old for the role? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there as a side quest. Justin, what do you think? So I'm I'm going to throw some nerdum out there in retrospect back at you because I think that Cletus Cassidy is kind of almost on the level of an X-Men villain arcade who is deeply insane and troubled and does some real messed up shit to the X-Men and he's just a human. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like Woody Harrelson can bring the thunder. The last thing that I would say that he really brought the bat to would be true detective. Yeah. Okay. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I like him. I like him. So I'm rooting for him. I'm a big fan of Kingpin. Yeah. I I totally with you. I I would love to see him do well, but I just from what I saw in the in the trailer today, I'm just almost scared for him. You know, like I, I know it's a big role for him. It's in a comic book movie, and I just I, I know that when he becomes Carnage, then all of a sudden it's just his voice dubbed into whatever Tom Hardy did with the uh, yeah Jeff the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Will we're cooking pancakes now, or yeah, get a get a taste of this shit? So it's like what what. Just always talking away. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just if we if I catch it at home, maybe I'll take a peek at it. Justin, did you, you, I think you said you never watched Venom. The I have yet. Yeah. yeah, I have not seen the first one. I am motivated to see the first one because I do want to see Let There Be Carnage. So what the hell? Let's roll the dice. Yeah, and also last little hunk of shit that I got to throw on it is if if Spider Man's not in this one. Because, sorry, Justin, spoilers, uh, you will not see Spider-Man in the first one. Um, if he's not in this one, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what what the whole plan is. Because, like, Jeff, you brought this up, I think, in a previous episode. You can't really have Venom without Spider-Man. Like, that's the whole purpose of Venom, is being out there and has this yeah, hatred. Like, super, I mean, it's like Batman without the Joker. It just doesn't... Yeah. They're, like, so intertwined. Yeah, it just doesn't really make sense. But you know, Sony is just dead set on really holding the rights to these movies. But it seems what they're doing. I don't know why they can't do what they're doing with Spider-Man with Marvel and do it with with Venom. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Totally well, agree. Especially in in I mean in the modern comics too, like the symbiote comes with a symbol that is galactically known for its power and prestige. So you can have a Guardians of the Galaxy spinoff where they encounter the alien symbiote and they're just like, holy shit, this is one of the most powerful entities known to man because it comes intergalactic. Like, I mean, there's so much that they're just not... I mean, but I guess that that's Marvel in a nutshell. Like, the universes are so expansive. Like... Yeah, I don't know. And so then Jared Leto. Let's let's talk about Morbius. <laughs> oh God, please no, 
Please no, save us, save us the agony. Let's uh, let's switch gears here because it was just Mother Day, Mother's Day. So Mother Day. Hey, Mother, Mother Day. Mother boy. Mother it boy Day. It was Modoc Day. It was Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the listeners out there. Um, Thanks for listening, Claudia. Thank yeah. Thanks, Claudia. Thanks all the other moms listening. So I wanted to take us on a little side quest because we had some fun on this uh, with Instagram uh, and ask about some like the top badass movie mom. So like in all the history of movies, and the first eight that came to mind were uh, Jodie Foster in The Panic Room, Halle Berry in Kidnap, Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, uh, Sigourney Weaver in Aliens, Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, Linda Hamilton in Terminator series, and then of course, last but not least, Mrs. Incredible, badass Pixar movie mom. So (laughs) first off, Sigourney Weaver is not a mother in Aliens. Yeah. Isn't she rescuing she her children. daughter? No. Newt is a girl she finds on the station. Well. Newt? Let's, uh, let's pr- for the sake of how badass she is in that movie. She's, she, her and uh, Linda Hamilton are probably the two most badass female leads in anything. And a, a very close second is uh, Carrie Fisher as, uh, as uh, Princess Leia. No. I don't think you get more badass than those three. Why did the uh, 80s do badass women better than we've ever done since then? So I disagree with you to an extent because I think Beatrix Kiddo was pretty badass when she took out the crazy 88. I did not see Princess Leia manhandling 88 samurai ninjas at one time, but, you know, who's counting? Yeah. Beatrix who? Uma Thurman <laughs> and Kill Bill. Oh. Yeah, yeah, she was now, she's really she's badass, totally badass. Nothing. I mean, what be, still doesn't hold anything even close to Sarah Connor or uh, Ripley. But Ripley then, fought horrible aliens and just walked into their nest and didn't give a fuck at all. That takes some balls. Even the Marines were freaking out, and she's like, "No, I'm going to go in here and fuck them all up." I don't know what other female character has ever done anything like that. I would if you say, have one, please tell me. I mean, I would say I definitely, Justin. I'm I'm leaning more in your camp. Uma Thurman kicks some huge ass in uh, in Kill Bill. The whole series. One xenomorph would kill her. Who? I disagree. No, no way. Well, let's put it this way too, Jeff. No, you, she mentioned, has a sword. you mentioned you mentioned sprays on her face. She's acid. She's down for the count. You you mentioned Princess Leia, but then you're referring to the movies with Ben Solo because she didn't have a kid leading up to them. No, but she is, I don't think Ripley ever, the only kid that Ripley had was an alien. So I guess, yeah, she is a mother. Yeah. She had some deformed, fucked up alien. But I, I, also, I also have to give a shout out to Emily Blunt. I don't know if you guys ever watched A Quiet Place, um, but she was like pregnant with like young kids, like holding a kid and like trying to survive this alien horde from killing her family. And the stuff that she had overcome in that movie, I just felt like that was huge props to like her being a badass mom in that sense. Like, yeah, Kill Bill from an action standpoint, she takes she takes my number one. Linda Hamilton was a close second for me. Like, she is a badass mom. And Sarah Connor would destroy Uma Thurman. Oh she my! Not, she's not even close. <laughs> Machine gun rocket launchers. I mean, against a girl with the sword, I get it. She's an assassin, but. I think she's got nothing on both of them. You guys are no insane. Sarah Connor doesn't stand a chance. Name 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 Sarah Connor's kill count. 
I don't know Sarah Connor's kill count. I don't think she has any kills. <laughs> I mean, she's killed Terminators, which no. is pretty damn impressive. It's better she than... She does not kill any Terminators. Terminators kill Terminators, and she just sits there and is like, ooh, well, I'm going to go to an insane well, asylum in the new movie. Well, in the, show, in the show, she kills a lot of Terminators. Yeah, well, nobody counts the show as canon. <laughs> the show was great. No, it wasn't no, Linda. Why... Oh, my God. I don't know. Movie, I'd heard it's pretty decent. I don't know how many things she kills in that, but did you guys see the newer Halloween movie, the 2018 one? Because I thought Jamie Lee Curtis did a pretty good job of being a being a badass. I wouldn't put her at the Linda Hamilton level, but I think she did a pretty good job in the 2018s being like the hard ass, been there, done that. Let's fuck shit up and kill Michael. Yeah, with the shotgun. Oh yeah, and like her whole house is retrofitted, like fucking Home Alone on on crystal meth. <laughs> but um. All right, and it's not fighting xenomorphs; it's fighting a serial killer. I just, yeah, I don't know. She's all right. I would say she's all right, but um, I mean, this was uh, this. It's a tough decision, you know. It's. I, I mean, I guess we threw Jodie Foster right out there, like Panic Room. I thought she was pretty good in that, but that's more like psychological badass mothery. Like she's got to protect the house, and I kind of forgot Forrest Whitaker was the bad guy in that. <laughs> and Jared Leto. Oh my God, you're right. Oh. God. oh. Who keeps oh, hiring him? Dude, I don't know. He well, no one seems to like him. And if he's in a movie, I literally go, I don't know if I want to see that now. So, so he did an amazing mm-hmm. job at Dallas Buyers Club, and that I enjoyed him in that and Matthew McConaughey. It was a great movie overall. But after that, it was like they put him up on some like you know uh, fast pass line, like, hey, any movie, let's get Leto, let's get Leto. Uh, and ever since then, it's been just a huge pile of shit. And I'm guessing Morbius isn't going to be much better. No, and it's, it's, it's not going to be asshole. But he nailed it in Fight Club and Prefontaine. So let's. I don't even remember him in Fight Club. That's how I could give a shit about him. Also, <laughs> also Lord of War. He did a pretty good job in Lord of War. But also Nicolas Cage. I think he did a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, Nicolas Cage was great in that movie. I don't even remember Jared Leto in that movie. That's how. <laughs> so far down on the radar, he even blipped. I think he's in a Fight Club. I've he seen Fight, in Fight Club so many times. I don't even remember him. That's he's how Angel terrible. Face. Ugh. I mean, I want to bring us on a, on another side quest here, just away from away from the mother battle. So everybody out there, let us know your pick. Head out to our Instagram and pick a number out there and uh, scream at us. Yeah, as to why. Uma Thurman, be Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let's let's do a battle royale with all those. More killer and assassin. Let's let's hear. <laughs> Love but, to hear. But a quick side on. quest for for the the group here is: Can we get another uh, what I'll call six sense style writing? Will it work anymore? Like, can we be surprised with all the technology and the spoilers and the people say like, "Oh, wait until the end. You'll wait for the twist." Like, can that happen anymore? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird question, but Justin, I'll throw it out to you. Can we still be surprised by writing to movies? We can. The problem is there's just so much content out there to digest that when there is a fresh new idea, like A Quiet Place was when it came out, and then you get so many Blumhouse imposters that just try to copy off of it and, you know, copy print the same shit over and over and over that like a fresh idea gets wasted. So when there is something real good out there, and I, I believe I've talked about this before, like, but uh, Sing- 
synchronicity was a very fascinating time travel movie. It just gets washed under uh, under the bed with the, the pee and the poo. <laughs> That's where it all goes. <laughs> Jeff, what about you? Do you think we can still get surprised at the movie Sixth Sense style? I mean, sure. Why not? As long as... Um... I mean, they, they did it in some of the Marvel movies. They kept things under wraps. I mean, we never, we didn't think that Black Widow would die. I never thought that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure, as long as they keep it under wraps. It's just so hard now with, you know, the internet and leaks. Yeah. That, um, and especially the day the movie comes out, if you don't see it then, it's going to be really hard not to um, hear something about what happened. Game of Thrones, all that stuff, when spoilers would happen i mean if you didn't watch it when it came out it's just it's not like it was you know in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s where it was harder to uh not know until you actually went to the theater and saw it yeah unless one of your dumbass friends went and saw it (laughs) well and and like to both of your points i mean eric this is a great side quest but you take a movie like saw once you know the ending, you can't watch the movie ever again because you know the ending. Yeah, I totally and agree. So, and so what, what they did, what Juan and uh, Boozman and all the, the rest that did with that series is essentially build the movies backwards where you have the twist and then uh, this was massively huge from 2004 to maybe 2011, 9, maybe where you just have a series of nonsense that means absolutely nothing, and then they pull the rug out from under you, and they're just like, oh, everything was just a, a ploy. It was just a... Uh. And that sucked. They tried way too hard. Hello? All right. <laughs> Jeez. Crickets. <laughs> it was it was it was quite the answer. Oops. Uh yeah, the little microphone unplugged. So technical difficulty live in real time. But I was I was actually talking and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Where are you guys? Hello? Um I thought it would be great if at the end of all this Marvel stuff, after they get to like the fifty-five movies, a hundred movies, that at the end when we're all fucking really old and gonna die that just Kevin Feige is like in a robot form and he just has one last trick and it's going to be like somebody wakes up, like Stan Lee wakes up as a child for the last movie. Like, wow, that was a weird dream and just totally fucks everybody up. You know what I mean? That'd be a good one. That's going to make our retirement homes howl with anger. <laughs> Turn the hearing aids, hearing aids up. No, I, I, you know, I think, like you said, Justin, I think movies can still do it. It's just now they have to find like really unique ways of doing it, like something nobody thought of before. Because there's always like the, oh, you know, whoever you see in the first act that's the least likely suspect is always the fucker at the end. That is like, and it was me the whole time. I stayed close, and that's why I came yeah. to your house right away when you needed help. Like an episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. At least... I think that's why Zemo was such a such a good character. I think that's why Winter Soldier was one of the strongest Marvel movies because of or Civil War because uh, of how you know this normal dude villain did all that, and you found out at the end when he's sitting with Tony, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, it was just this dude. It was Bucky the whole time. Happy Mother's Day. Oof. Just mission salt. reports. <laughs> salt in the wounds. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. I I don't know. Like I I love those kinds of movies, but Jeff, you're right. If you don't watch it that day or that weekend, then you're fucked. Kind of like we are on the Psychos podcast. For those of you that haven't listened to all of our episodes, like we literally got to watch the new shit that Friday, that Saturday because we A, we want to talk about it, but B, I got I can't like go anywhere near the internet if if I don't watch it because the first headlines like, "Oh, Michael Keaton gets decapitated in the new Batman movie." Okay, cool. So he's dead. Same with like games and stuff. That's really bad when you get uh, if like a new game comes out and then it's all over Reddit and you have to literally avoid any spoiler. And the game could take fifty hours for you to even get to that point. Yeah, which really sucks. Luckily, like Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition comes out Friday. If you've played it, or at this point, you should know what happens. So at least you'll see people talking about it because it's already started showing up all over like social media and stuff. But at least if you played it, you know what you're in for. But, um, you know, a lot of other games, like when The Witcher came out, you literally had to avoid, uh, like, Reddit. Or else someone would post something without a spoiler tag, and you'd be like, motherfucker. Yeah, and of course, everybody's got to, like, post it first, right? Like, as soon as Cyberpunk came out, like, somebody, like, they're playing it as fast as they can. Like, fuck all this, fuck all that. Where's Keanu Reeves? I just want to record it so I can upload it. Because, you know, dipshits like us will be like, ooh, fuck, where's Keanu? When does he show up? And then, of course, we watch it or it's posted everywhere. Uh, and you can't do anything. And then you're just like, well, that sucked. It's like knowing what your Christmas presents are before you open them. It's like, oh, that's lame. I want to be surprised. I want to be shocked. Um, yeah. And you said, are you going to pick that up uh, first day, Jeff, Mass Effect, I'm assuming? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a few of us who will all Friday night be on Xbox playing Mass Effect, I think our, our our friend Dave that we all know about, yeah, Fleen Machine has gotten it, uh, the Paladin Dread Eyes got it, and I will as well. So all four of us will be on there. Nice. And you uh, play Rocket League game. <laughs> it's the top of the line graphics. So do you guys? Is it coming out uh, for the? Was it Series X, Xbox Series X? Um, it comes out for everything. No, it's because it's it was made for like the original Xbox or at oh. least the first one was. So they've re-enhanced it and all that, but it's not an exclusive to the new Xbox. Cause it was, it's an older game. I mean, obviously they've done a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like they really put a lot into it and, you know, fixing things from, you know, before you could update games like the original mass effect, when you bought it, they didn't have like these day one patches. It was just that was the game. It wasn't until like Mass Effect 2 that that started coming out. So they, I guess yesterday I read they listened to modders, modders that have been modding the game mm -hmm. um, to redo textures, all sorts of stuff. I'm really excited. Yeah. And I wonder nowadays, you bring up a good point. Like, uh, how much data is actually on the fucking game versus when you have to put it in the system? It just connects to the online service and it, like, you know, it downloads 40% and then the other 60 come from the cloud. Like, how much is actually on that disk now? Because there's on there, but any patches aren't. See, that's so like Mass Effect already has a massive day one patch. So we all got the discs because, you know, there's something special about this game. You want actually want to have you know, like the deluxe case and all that, because it's a special game. It's not, you know, not all games are like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the game has everything in it, and um, all the patches, anything after that is all online. 
I feel like the discs, no matter what it is, CDs, video games, movies, I feel like that's gonna that's definitely gonna turn to the next VHS. Like at ten years from now, people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is that thing? Get it away from me!" Um, and it's just gonna be in like just have no value whatsoever. Yeah, I think there'll always be a place for discs and collectors editions because people, you know, like to hold things. I know Justin, um, especially, is really into like vinyl. And just having that physical copy. I also think like vinyl, people say it sounds better or whatever. I don't more Justin can answer that. But there is something to be said about having it and having this collection to show people. Yeah, so you're, you're totally right. And, you know, on like a mini just side quest note, uh, Billy Zapka tweeted out today that they're releasing the Cobra Kai soundtrack and score on vinyl and cassettes which is super interesting. Oh. So you can you can pick up a cassette of the Cobra Kai score. So. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be funny when we're all fucking old again, when we get, uh, you know, uh, the rug pulled out from under us for Marvel 65 or whatever it is. Um, we'll be listening to shit on, like, I don't know, laptops, tablets, and, like, all the grandkids and young kids nowadays are going to be, like, telepathically playing songs to each other, and we're going to be like, what the fuck is that, Billy? God, it's going to be such a wreck. Billy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, there's just Billy's out there. So shout out to Billy. We know you're listening. Uh, all the Billies of the world. But uh, at, th- at the end of the rainbow here is the end of the episode. So uh, once again, I want to thank Philly Machine for joining us last episode. That was a fun one. We just went off the rails. So be sure to go check that episode out. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, we got very X-rated. Um, just, you know, McDonald's uh, hand job doors apparently is the new thing. So... Go check those out. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. Go like, subscribe, share, follow. And at this point of the show, we like to do a little something Jeff's calls boom boom in the room room. And it's uh, what noise we get to make tonight, boys. Hmm. Well, I don't know about that one. I'm thinking. Okay. Oh, oh, you got one, Eric? Okay, no, well, go, go for it. All right, let's see. I think I, was, I picked last time, so you go I was going to say, Justin, you do the little scratchy vinyl record noise, like you're start, like you're putting on a nice little vinyl record. And then, Jeff, I want you to do the little, like, 1940s tune of the music Justin's playing. I'm good with that, Jeff. Are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. That's Was that a apparently... night? <laughs> I thought you were going to do Trump. It's like... 